Good morning. Welcome to Ignite Church. Glad you could tune in and, and uh, worship with us today. We're going to begin with a song called Overcome. Why don't you sing with us? Um, along with the Ignite Church app, if you don't have it downloaded already, 
Um, go to uh, the App Store and download it now. There's a bunch of awesome resources that you guys can enjoy um, while you guys tune in. Um, one other thing that is coming up as well is that we are going to still be having our growth groups um, starting the week after Easter. We are going to have growth groups. Uh, it's going to be a little different, obviously, because um, of everything going on. But um, would love to have you sign up for one. You can do that on the app. Uh, we're going to be doing video conferencing instead, so we can still have community with each other, with God, and grow closer um, in connection with each other. And along those lines, we are going to continue our Flashpoint youth group as well. So if you are in 6th through 12th grade, um, join in on the Marco Polo app. Uh, Download that and sign in, I think, at 6 o'clock on Sundays. So we're going to be starting that um, in a couple weeks as well. All right, let's enjoy worship again, guys. All right, thanks, Molly. Well, these, uh, these worship songs that we put together today are all about finding a hope in our life and our security uh, in Jesus, in his life, his death, especially in his resurrection, his, in his power. And so this next song is about that as well. It's called Anchor, uh, and just that our hope and our life and our security is all anchored in him. So let's sing this together.
Good morning, everybody. Thanks again for joining us. So glad you're with us today. Thanks again to my family for helping to lead us in worship uh, during this era and for uh, Jonathan and, and Kyle back on tech as well, the unsung heroes of uh, this era in the life of our church. So thank you guys for your partnership. Well, today I'm teaching again on hope. We're doing a little two-week-long mini-series here tonight called Carriers of Hope because like we talked about last week, fear and discouragement, hopelessness, this stuff is contagious and it's running rampant in our culture right now. It's even more contagious than the coronavirus. It seems to be everywhere and it has infected us and in fact many of us even, we said, are carriers of the kind of fear and hopelessness that's sweeping through our country these days. All they have to do is turn on the TV or, or uh, flip through social media, start reading news articles, and it's easy to get overrun by this kind of hopelessness and fear. You can feel the anxiety sort of rising up as you're reading and as you're scrolling through. And like we talked about last week, while fear is contagious, so is hope. And, uh, and we, like we talked about, God's plan has always been to fill you and me, to fill his people up with his peace, and with this presence, that we would be carriers of hope to a world that desperately needs Jesus. And may could our world use some hope right now. Listen to a few of these verses that we've been kind of talking about. First Peter uh, 1, 3 through 4 puts it this way. Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. It is secure. It is there. We have a, a hope, a living hope, First uh, Peter says. Or the next one, I like this one. I love this one too. Romans 15 puts it this way. May the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you can overflow with hope by the power of his spirit. Love a couple things about these, right? Like I love, I love it's it's saying that not, not only does God have hope, but he is the God of all hope, right? He is the originator, he is the most hopeful being in the world, if you will. Hope comes from God. May the God of all hope, may he fill you with his joy and his peace so that you can overflow with hope by the power of his spirit. And I love the picture there, right? It, it's a picture of a contagious kind of hope that, that comes from the Lord, the, the source of hope himself, and overflows in our lives to those around us. Hope is contagious, and it's the way we are meant to live as followers of Jesus. We ought to be more hopeful than anyone else around us and infect them with it because the God of all hope is with us. He is in us. He is for us here today. It's how we're meant to live, not in despair, but with hope. I was thinking about hope this weekend, reminded of a story I heard a few years ago about a retired school teacher who was uh, going to volunteer uh, in a hospital, a large hospital nearby, to start visiting and teaching young children while they're there. And one day her telephone rang and she received her first assignment as a new volunteer. On the other end of the phone was the classroom teacher of a young boy who had been hospitalized and needed tutoring during his stay in the hospital. The volunteer teacher took down the name of the boy and uh, the hospital room number and was told by his classroom teacher that the boy had been working on nouns and adverbs in his class before he went to the hospital. Well, it didn't take long for the visiting teacher to get outside and uh, head down to the local hospital. And it wasn't until she got there that she realized while she was prepared to teach, she may not be prepared for what was about to, what she was about to experience. As she walked closer and closer to this boy's room, she realized she was in the hospital's burn unit. She was unprepared to witness the horrible look and the horrible smell even of badly burnt human flesh. She was not prepared to see a young boy in great pain either. Everything around her made her want to run away and hold her nose. But something inside of her kept her from walking away. And so she clumsily sort of stammered over to his bedside and said simply, I'm the hospital teacher. Your school teacher asked me to help you with nouns and adverbs. And she sat down and she began to teach him. 
The next morning when she came in uh, to work with the boy again, a nurse from the burn unit rushed over and asked her, what did you do to that boy? And the teacher instantly began to apologize, saying, I'm so sorry. But she, before she could finish, the nurse interrupted her and said, no, 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 you don't understand. We've been really worried about this boy, and his condition has been deteriorating the past few days because he had completely lost hope. But ever since you were with him yesterday, his whole attitude seems to have changed, and he's fighting back, he's responding to treatment. Things are looking up for the first time. It's as though he decided to live. What did you say to him? The teacher's like, I don't know. I just sat down and started teaching him. Later, the nurse questioned the little boy, and this is what he said. He said, well, I figured I was doomed, that I was gonna die. Until I saw that school teacher, the tear began to run down his face. He says, but when I saw that teacher, I realized they wouldn't send a teacher to work on nouns and adverbs with a dying boy, would they? <laughs> it's the power of hope, friends. Hope, real hope, it changes things, it changes everything. There's an amazing uh, research and there's amazing studies that have been done by Johns Hopkins professors and doctors, people like Kurt Richter, on this whole deal of hope hope and its impact on people, but also on animals. Richter studied rats, for instance, for years, and he found out how long rats could survive in water. He found out that wild rats, if you take them and you put them in a huge, huge tank of water, rats can actually last almost 80 hours on average. They can swim uh, in a large container before they finally uh, give up from pure exhaustion, and if not rescued, would finally die. He found, though, this is interesting, that if you, took, if you took a rat and you put it in a smaller container, the rat would just frantically go round and round the container looking for a way out. And when it could find none, it would simply give up and die. And in that setting, the rats would only last two minutes. When they, found, when they discovered there was no hope, they would simply just give up and let go. If, though, uh, we... If you put a rat in a small container and towards the end of that two minutes, you were to take the rat out, you were to dry him off and allow him to rest for a few minutes and then put him back in a huge tank of water or even in the small tank. It didn't matter at this point. Do you know how long the rats would survive? 80 hours. Again, you want to know why? The answer, according to the researcher, is hope. Hope is powerful. With hope, we can withstand amazing hardship, but without it, when hope is lost, we tend to wither up and we do not last. Hope is unbelievably important in our lives. Proverbs 13, 12 puts it this way, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And it's true, isn't it? Hope deferred makes the heart sick, makes us shrink back in fear. It makes us shrivel up from the inside. Somebody once said, you can go 40 days without food. You can live three days without water. You can live eight minutes without air, but you can't go a single second without hope. I was reminded this week about how easy it is for us to lose hope, to get discouraged, to get disillusioned, isn't it? I mean, it seems like life has a way of beating hope out of us, and especially now. I mean, some of us are, are merely inconvenienced by this COVID-19 COVID pandemic. Some of us are just working from home now. We're homeschooling our children. It might be a little draining, maybe a lot draining. It might be annoying at times. And there's longer lines at Walmart or the grocery store as, as we're being staged outside and only certain numbers of people are allowed in at a time. Or it's a little annoying when we go to show, we finally get in there to go shopping and some of our supplies, some of the things we want are not in stock. It's a little bit annoying. But for some people, it's a really big deal. This is a huge deal. Some of us have family members or friends who have tested positive for the coronavirus and we're scared for them. We wonder, is there hope? Some of us have lost jobs or lost hours in this era, and we have no idea how we're going to be able to pay the bills this month or how we're supposed to get another job, and we're not even supposed to leave our house. And we wonder, is there hope, or am I just toast? We have some of our people that are on the front lines, some people in our church family that are on the front lines of fighting this illness, and they feel overrun and overworked. Many of them, some of them feel overwhelmed. 
by all that's happening, by what they're told is coming, and they wonder, man, is there hope, or am I just going to burn up and shrivel up and die in the midst of this? Some of us have watched thousands and thousands of dollars of our retirement savings just evaporate in the last few weeks and then reappear and evaporate again all over the place. Some of us are just spending time at home, but home is not a good place for us. It's a painful reminder of a marriage that isn't working or a toxic environment with a parent or a spouse or loved one or something. And, and we find ourselves just in constant stress and overload wondering, is there hope? Am I going to make it through this? For some of us, we're just locked in with an aching loneliness in our soul. And you're wondering, is there any hope? Well, if you're struggling with those kinds of things, friends, if you're struggling, struggling and feeling fearful or anxious or hopeless, or if you've ever struggled with them, then I think you're in the right place today. Because we're going to look at a passage that speaks right from, from God's book, that speaks directly to this stuff and, and directly to our lives about hope. There's nothing like the power of God's word to breathe hope into our souls again. It's from Isaiah 40. If you got your Bibles, pull them out. We're going to read through it. I'm just going to kind of pick it apart this week. I'm going to read through it uh, all to begin with, and then we're going to walk through it a little bit at a time. Isaiah 40, starting verse 28, says this. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary, and he increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and, and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Let me just start, I'm going to, like I said, just go a piece at a time. I'm going to start with verse 30, kind of the, the pivotal verse in this passage that says this, even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. I wonder if any of us could use some renewed strength right now. It's kind of the pivotal verse because it paints a picture of kind of two different approaches to life and two different approaches even to hope. One is based on our strength and it's epitomized by kids and youth, right? Who seemingly have unbounding, unending energy. If you've ever been around uh, um, like two and three and four and five-year-olds, you've probably seen this energy firsthand. I mean, I can remember dozens of times with our own kids, but also at other people's houses, right? With their kids at birthday parties or, or church get-togethers or whatever, where you're seeing these youngsters and they have unbelievable, they're running around, they're climbing up trees or sometimes bookshelves, sometimes they're climbing up parents or other adults, right? They're running around in circles, just going crazy. Maybe they're playing tag or soccer or football or whatever, and they just keep going and going. It's like the Energizer Bunny, and before long, their parents or their grandparents, sometimes just an adult in general, almost always will say one thing. They'll, they'll look at those kids and they'll say, man, if only, if only I had that kind of energy, right? If only, man, imagine what I could do if I had that kind of strength. But God reminds us that human energy and human strength comes to an end. If you're putting your hope in your own power, in your own wisdom, in your own strength, then there are going to be days, there are going to be a lot of days when you feel hopeless, when you're on E and you're not sure how you're going to get stuff done. Even youths grow tired and weary, he says. I remember... Uh, being a kid back in middle school, and I got a job doing detasseling. I don't know if any of you have ever done that uh, before, but you basically get up in the middle of the night, you get on a big school bus, they drive you out into the middle of nowhere and drop you off in a field. You end up getting on a machine, and they start driving slowly through the field, and your job is to take off the tops out of, uh, off of corn plates, where one day tassels will exist. Now, it's typically super hot, it, it, it lasts only lasts for maybe a month or so, and so they're really long days. You're working a lot. You get corn pollen all over your body. <laughs> I mean, it's dirty. It's messy. It's exhausting. You're out in the sun and exposure. There's not much wind. It's hot, 
And I can remember uh, being so, so tired after the test. I remember one day in particular, I came home to our house. I walked in. I made it about 10 steps into our house, just made it into the edge of our living room. I fell down on the floor, and I fell asleep there for hours. I was exhausted. Even youths grow tired and weary. The strength of men fails. And in all honesty, I think that's what we're experiencing some today. When everything is going great in our lives, it's easy to think, I got this. I'm strong enough. I'm smart enough. I'm competent enough. I control my own destiny. I have hope because I can take care of things. But then the coronavirus hits or the country shuts down or work dries up and I'm handed a pink slip. Or maybe you're in the healthcare industries and it's the opposite. And suddenly you're working all the time with no end in sight. And you're a little scared that you're going to come down with the coronavirus. Or maybe one day you walk in to your house and your spouse walks out. Could be anything. But there are moments when suddenly we realize the strength of men fails. And we find ourselves exhausted, tired, and weary, and wondering how in the world we are going to get through things. These are the moments when sort of the curtains get pulled back and we realize we are not as strong as we thought we were. We are not as in control as we have imagined ourselves to be. Even youth grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. See the contrast here, right? I mean, the, this whole passage starts talking about God's strength. How strong is God? How smart is God? You think he can handle what's going on? The answer is, yeah. Listen to this. Uh, verse 28, we'll go back to the beginning and look at this. Uh, I think, yeah, let's try that again. There it is. It says, do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. He's the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. And his understanding, no one can fathom. It's beyond comprehension. He is the one that gives strength to the weary. He is the one that increases the power of the weak. Youth's energy and strength they grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will have their strength renewed. They will renew their strength. This passage starts out reminding us of God's vastness. It's a picture of a God who is everlasting. He's bigger than time. He has existed forever, and he will exist forever. Don't think about that too much. It'll make your brain explode, right? He's the creator. There's nothing that exists that didn't find its origin in him. He's the creator. He's the genesis, the designer, the originator, right? He, his strength, it says, is limitless. He will not grow tired or weary. Why? Because his strength is you know, unending. It lasts forever. This is his understanding is infinite. It's beyond our comprehension. It's unfathomable. There's never been a time when God did not see something coming. He knows all. Now, again, even in the passage, it says, now we might not understand it, right? Verse 28, we can't fathom or always understand what he's doing. But his understanding, his power, his strength is limitless. The question this passage is sort of begging is where are you going to put your hope? Are you going to put your hope in our strength, in our understanding, on my right, limited strength and understanding, which fails, which will not last, or on God's that has no end? Where are you going to put your hope? Where are you going to put your trust? Where are you going to set your heart in your eyes? Where do you find hope? Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Those who hope in the Lord will be strengthened. It's interesting, but the word hope and the word wait are one and the same in this passage. And how I hate that, right? I, I, don't, I don't know about you, but I don't like to wait. It's, it's interesting. Some translations use one word, some another. Hoping in the Lord and waiting on the Lord are the same thing. That's kind of where we find ourselves at. These days, isn't it? Waiting. I mean, can you make the coronavirus go away? No, not more than staying at home. 
Can you heal those that are sick? Can you make the economy bounce back and make your workplace reopen? No. Our strength is limited. Sometimes we stumble. Sometimes we fall. Sometimes we're just done. We're exhausted. And I think the first step towards renewing our strength, uh, the first step towards finding hope again, the first step out of anxiety is to admit that we are not strong enough, that our strength fails. We're relatively small people. We're relatively powerless people. And the first step sort of maybe towards admitting is, towards, uh, towards finding hope again is to admit it, to, to realize that we can't control our way out of everything, to realize that we are relatively powerless. And just like in a 12-step program based on biblical principles, I might add, we need to take the first step and admit it and then turn our hearts and our minds and our lives to the Lord and cry out, God, you are the one we need. You are the one in whom we place our hope. God, we need you to intervene. We need you to protect and heal and provide for us and for our families. Would you pour out your love and your peace and your presence in our home? God, you are the one we need. Our hope is in you. The one who trusts in the Lord will renew their strength. Their strength will be renewed. Then it goes on. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. And they will walk and not be faint. Sometimes, Isaiah says, sometimes when you wait on the Lord, you will mount, you will soar. With wings like eagles. It's such a great picture. I read some, some great stuff from John Ortberg this week who reminds us uh, there are basically three methods of flight for birds. He says the first one, and the most familiar one, is flapping. He said in flapping, birds just have to keep their wings in constant motion to counteract gravity. Hummingbirds can do this 60 to 80, 80 times per second. Flying keeps you up in the air if you're a bird. But it's a lot of work, isn't it? It's awkward, it's clumsy, and you spend a lot of time, a lot of energy just flapping around. I don't know about you, but I know what it feels like to flap, and I bet you do too. All of us, and it's exhausting. Sometimes there are eras where we are just flapping around, and we're trying to keep everything going on our own. He says the second time, then, then there's gliding. He says some birds, when they can build up enough speed that it, they can sort of coast for all, they can stop flapping and just coast. It's pretty smooth. But because of gravity, it doesn't last very long. Coasting doesn't last too long. But then there's a third kind, third form of flight. And only a few rare birds are capable of it, and it's called soaring. An eagle can soar. An eagle's wings are so strong that it's capable of catching rising currents of warm air, sort of thermal winds that go straight up from the earth where it's heated. Without moving a feather and in just great majesty, an eagle can soar to great heights. It can soar right out of sight. Eagles have been clocked going up to 80 miles per hour, soaring without flapping, without moving a muscle, just soaring on the invisible columns of rising air. It's a magnificent picture. And the writer here says, those of us that wait on the Lord, there will be times, sometimes when we can soar. You just catch a gust of the Spirit and soar. Jesus said the wind blows uh, wherever it will, so it is that everybody that's born of the Spirit, they can soar. Some of you may be in an era right now where you're spiritually soaring, where things are going great. You're finding yourself simply lifted up and sustained by God's power right now. Even in a tumultuous era like this one, you're just covered by God's peace and his presence and his joy. You're soaring. God is answering your prayers in amazing ways, using you in ways that you're amazed by regularly giving you power to rise above temptation and anxiety and fear and flooding you with strength and love and wisdom beyond your ability. You're just soaring right now. And if that's your condition, can I just say, be grateful and do all that you can do to stay in the stream of God's spirit and his power. Be real obedient. Keep praying. Keep 
hitting your knees, keep, keep opening up his word and seeking him and depending on him. Don't assume for a second that you're soaring on your own strength. Don't assume that it's you. I mean, maybe there's certain disciplines that are helping you to catch the spirit's power, solitude, or, or just consuming, saturating yourself with scripture these days, or maybe even just getting enough rest, but whatever you're doing, just keep it up. Build on those things and enjoy the ride because you're soaring with God's. It's a beautiful thing. But then there's the next line. One line at a time, right? Some of us in this room, we're not soaring. But maybe you're running and not growing weary. Now, if this is you, your life is not effortless right now. You may not be seeing a whole lot of miracles. Maybe from time to time you find yourself flapping every once in a while. But with determination, you know you're going to keep running the race. You're staying on course. You feel fear and frustration and struggle sometimes, but you also feel God's smile and his presence with you. At least some of the time, maybe even most of the time. And if that's you, just, you just need to know, just, just keep running, right? Just keep faithfully obeying and following and serving and loving and praying and giving of yourself. Don't try to fake it. Don't compare yourself with others right now. Your time will come to soar. You just need to keep running. You need to stay faithful because when you run, you grow real strong. And then there's the third line. Some of us are, are in this, you know, listening to this today. We're not soaring. In all honesty, we can't even run because of fear or pain or failure or crisis or fatigue. All you can do is just walk. Just walk and not keel over. Some of us in this room, all we can do is think, God, I'm hanging on by a thread. I don't see, I don't, don't seem real fruitful these days. I don't seem or feel very productive. I don't feel very triumphant. I mean, maybe I've been hurt or wounded. Maybe I've suffered loss or I'm confused or I'm in pain or I'm just tired or whatever. But God, I won't let go. I'll keep following you. I'll keep obeying you to the best of my ability. I'll keep clinging to you and just keep walking. If I can, I just want to say a word uh, to those of you that are in this third group. I think sometimes it's easy to look around at others and to see people that are just fast runners and they're just going, going like crazy. And occasionally you'll see somebody soaring like an eagle. It's a hard thing, I think, to be a walker when you're surrounded by racers and by eagles. But sometimes walking is the best you can offer to God. And you know what? I think God understands that. Jesus, in fact, knows all about this because he really did become a human being. He knows all about our condition. Jesus soared sometimes. And we can read about it. John Ortberg, again, going back to him, he, he reminds us of some of these things. He goes, man, imagine Jesus on the day at the, on the Mount of Transfiguration when, when literally his body became physically radiant in the presence of God and just lit up. I think he soared that day when his disciples could see him. They're like, Lord, it's good for us to be here, right? Let's, let's put up tents and stay forever. They got to see a glimpse of who he really is. I think on that day he soared. And Oberg reminds us, he goes, man, I think when, when Jesus is standing beside Lazarus' tomb that day, and he saw, I mean, he spoke, and somebody that had been dead for days got up, had life in them again, and walked out and was reconciled to his family. He's like, I think, I think Jesus soared that day, but he didn't always soar. There were some times when he faced some pretty humongous obstacles, and I think he just kept running. When he wept over Jerusalem, over their defiance, when he was frustrated because his disciples were just so slow and so, so slow to believe, when he faced the opposition of religious leaders, the people that should have been the first ones to follow him. But instead they hated him and plotted how to kill him. They fought him every step of the way. I think there were times like that that he just kept running. He just ran. He didn't turn aside from the course. Even when it went uphill, he just kept plugging away. He just kept running. But then one day, it came time for him to take the road to the cross. And he wasn't soaring on that day. When the cross was placed on his bruised and bloody back, I don't think he sprinted up the hill. 
He was a young man, but that day he stumbled and he fell. The creator of the universe, his knees buckled, his back bent, and he stumbled and he fell. And then he just got up and he kept walking. All he could do was just walk some more. Sometimes walking is all you can do, friends. But in those times, walking is enough. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. This week we celebrate and we remember the first Easter. We remember the events that led up to it. We remember the cross, the suffering of Jesus who willingly took on our sin and paid the price that we deserve by dying in our place. He walked to the cross and then he died and he was placed in a tomb. But on the third day of this week, we celebrate and we remember on the third day, his strength was renewed and he soared on wings like eagles. He ran and did not grow weary and he walked and did not faint. Ron Hutchcraft reminds us, he says this, he says, hope was born in a manger. It was purchased on a cross, but it was guaranteed at an empty tomb. And this week, we remember that we follow the God of all hope. Friends, this is such a bizarre season, and we are tempted to live in fear. We're tempted to grow weary. We're tempted to let our eyes and our hearts and our hopes get, stuff just, get, get set just on the stuff of the here and now. But I think the Lord has a word for you today. And it's this, it's to put your hope in him. It's to wait on him. It's to set our eyes on him. The one who has unlimited power, who is all wise, who is ever present and more than enough for whatever comes. Wait on him. Cry out to him. Hope in him. Become a carrier of the hope of Jesus. Henry Nouwen tells us the hope frees us to live in the present with a deep trust that God will never leave us. The God of unending hope, the God who is all strong, who is all knowing. He is present. He is with you. He is in you. Therefore, we have hope. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Friends, let us, let's step into God's hope this week. Let's set our hope fully on him. Let's draw near to him. Let's become carriers of hope this week. Let's close in prayer. Father, that's our cry. Lord, I thank you that you are indeed the God of all hope. We thank you for your great love, your presence. We thank you for Jesus and, and his life, his death on the cross for our sins, but also his resurrection that guarantees the hope that there is nothing too big for you. There is nothing too strong that you can't handle. And so, God, we come in the middle of our own lives, in the middle of our own crises, whatever it may be, whether it be health-related or finance-related or job-related or relationship-related, Lord, we come and we bring those things to you. And we cry out, God, we need you. You are the strong one. We are the weak ones. You are the, the one that is in charge, and we are not. And so we say, God, would you come and have your way? We place our hope in you, and we wait on you. So come, Lord Jesus. Come and have your way. We love you, and we need you. We just open our, our lives up. We just lay our lives before you. And just say, come and have your way, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, this is the time in our service where we typically would do our offering. Obviously, we can't pass the, the buckets, <laughs> literally, but we'd encourage you to keep uh, giving to the Lord. And so if you want to do that today, we'd encourage you to do so on the Ignite Church app or on our website. There's ways that you can give uh, and just keep it. Keep the ministry and the mission of Ignite and the ministry and mission of Jesus moving forward in our area. With that, we've got one final song, a closing song today, and we will uh, be done for the day. All right, we've got one more song kind of as a closer today. It's called Open Up Our Eyes, and just going to encourage you to sing that with us.
joining us today. Uh, I would encourage you to go, go ahead and go back onto the Ignite Church app. There's stuff for your kids. There's activities that are going on. Uh, there's links and information about all that's happening at Ignite. And I just pray that you have a great week this week as we are preparing uh, and looking ahead to Easter. Just be reminded of the hope, the security, the stability that we have in life because of Jesus. Well, you guys have a great week, and we'll see you back next next Friday for Good Friday service, and uh, and then next Sunday as we celebrate Easter.